Hello, I'm Graham Robb and welcome to Business Unmuted. Now you might be listening to this on one of our podcasts, on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You might be watching it on YouTube, on the Business Unmuted YouTube channel, or you might be watching a highlights video on LinkedIn. Business Unmuted discusses things that are important to businesses. And as businesses begin to gain confidence and get back into the office, there's been a surge of recruitment across the country, particularly in the northeast of England. Recent data shows a decrease in unemployment figures for young people across the northeast. I'll look at the detail in a moment. And today we're going to be discussing why that may be and sharing some first-hand experiences of newer routes into employment for the younger generation. I'm joined by Martin Anderson, Managing Director of Lemon Business Solutions, Emma Tooth, Apprentice and Volunteer Leader at Beyond Housing, and Steve Morris, Commercial Director at Learning Curve Group. Welcome to you all. Thank now, you. before we go into the conversation bit, I want to show some slides. Now, I didn't actually believe these slides when I first read them, so I made my researchers check them out again. This first slide shows the unemployment rates for all adults across the country broken down into different areas of the country. Now, the reason I didn't believe it at first was that the northeast of England, where we are based, is traditionally the largest unemployment percentage of the whole of the country. But as you can see from this slide, we're uh, no longer number one, a, a title we're glad to relinquish. But more significantly than that, all other areas of the UK, unemployment has grown significantly during the pandemic year. But in the northeast of England, it has grown from 5.6% to 5.7%, a discernible but very small growth in unemployment. But today's topic is about young people, so we wanted some detail on young people. So the next slide shows the number of young people in northeast England aged 16 to 24 who are unemployed and it's 26,000. Now that's a lot and it's too many but it has shown a remarkable fall. Let's have a look at this graph. This graph demonstrates that there has been a 16.5% drop in unemployment among young people in the last year, this pandemic year, in the northeast of England. And discernibly, you can see uh, the peaks at the point of coronavirus lockdown one coming to an end, and the points at the coronavirus lockdown two coming to an end. And then during lockdown three, at the point in which um, things like Kickstarter program were coming in, unemployment among young people has dipped down to a pretty low level. So that's the data. Let's get some comments on that. Uh, I tell you what, I think I'm going to turn to Steve Morris first. Steve, you're from Learning Curve Group and you're heavily involved in deploying apprenticeships across the country. What do you think of that data? Um, I think it's really interesting. You're quite right. The Northeast is usually um, either at the top or bottom of a league table, usually for the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Um, what we are seeing, I think, is some... Um, well, we know for certain that the 16 to 24 age group is going to be the most impacted group right mm. across the country mm. um, because of what has happened with the pandemic and the uh, the aftermath of the, the pandemic. I think what's good is we're certainly seeing in the northeast and our head offices in Durham an uptake in schemes like Kickstarter and apprenticeships that are getting people off of universal credit and into the workplace. So. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more about those as we go through. Just a quick uh, headlines about Learning Curve Group. Uh, what are the kind of numbers of people that you're putting into training and into workplaces for training? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're typically on a, um, if we look on a month, uh, I think last month we had about 9,000 people wow. start on different training programs across the different offers that we have. Um, and that is actually now significantly higher than 18 months ago, where um, 6,000 would be a more typical sort of figure. So, so your own placements are indicating the trend of the data I've just shown. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. The the demand for training and often training led towards an employment opportunity is increasing significantly. Now, I talk to people in business all the time and there are certain areas that I keep being told there are significant skill shortages. And I'm just before we talk to our other colleagues, just invite you to tell me if you're into those areas. Construction, definitely. Engineering uh, and digital skills, particularly where there are uh, labour shortages in areas that are trying to get into digital skills and yeah. maybe are competing with cities like Manchester and London. Yeah, absolutely. You're quite right. I mean, anybody trying to get hold of a joiner or a brickie at the moment will know the uh, the, the pain. There certainly rolls in, uh, in significant sort of demand. Um, IT digital is probably one of the more pronounced ones that we see because not only is it a sector in its own right, every business has it digital sort of requirements and as a as a nation we've gone more well the fact we're doing things like this and not all of us sat in the uh, on mm. the tv studio with you there just shows how much we're all going more into the world of sort of digital and it so yeah i, I totally concur with what you've said there's just increasing demand in those areas and probably the one that I'd ha hospitality is now equally becoming one that there's a significant sort of shortage and I think we're about to go into the seasonal demands again of things like uh, with the farming agriculture sector where there's going to be a significant shortage of jobs in in that sector too so everything you hear and read I'm sure is, is true to a part but there's still significant demand underlying some of those sectors. Some very interesting points there Steve thanks for raising them let's bring in Martin from uh, Lemon Business Solutions now okay. you operate call centres high quality call centres mm -hmm. uh, based in the northeast of England um, so what are the, the uh, employment wage and training issues that you face? It's getting the right people in the right places, really. And when um, Rishi announced the scheme last autumn, we just thought this is a fantastic opportunity for us to bring younger people in with great skills and, and get into the business and, and let them grow. So and this scheme is the Kickstart The Kickstart scheme. scheme, sorry, yes, when it was announced. So we were really up for this coming on board and allowing us to bring these people into the business. Um, I did have one gripe right at the beginning, which is fair to say, from it being announced and we were eager to get on board and get these people in. It, it did take some time to get the Kickstart scheme up and running. And indeed, we put our initial application in right at the beginning uh, for four Kickstarters as it started. We've now put an additional application in for nine. Now it's coming on board. Now we're getting the applications coming through from the job centre. And we've got our first two Kickstarters started now on the team. It's absolutely fabulous. And we've got another seven, seven positions to fill. Now, that's interesting. Kickstarter is a slightly different scheme to apprenticeships. Mm. I don't know who to turn to to explain <laughs> the differences. Uh, if anyone can chip in on this, I'll bring Emma in as well uh, from Beyond Housing. But uh, you're wanting Kickstarters because you had a greater pool to choose from, I should imagine. That's absolutely and, and Steve made a really valid point because we, we, we're a contact centre, so some of the Kickstarters coming in as, as customer service agents. But actually also we're needing a finance, uh, we're needing IT, 
other administration operations. So we've actually got a number of Kickstarter schemes out there or, or, or job positions available. And it is quite hard to fill some. And it's, it's interesting when you look at the stats you're presenting because you would put them schemes out think you'd have a big influx of, of applicants for it. But actually from the figures you're showing, it's not. It's actually quite mm. difficult at the moment to get the, those people in. So uh, we're working hard with the job centre to get the, 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 the right people into the right positions. Emma, we mustn't leave you out here. You work for a large housing association, many thousands of houses across the north of England that are serviced and you look after them, maintenance operations, and you've got an apprenticeship scheme. Give me the headlines on your apprenticeship schemes. Yeah, so we have um, approximately 30 apprentices at the moment within the business um, across Tees Valley and North Yorkshire, looking to grow that over the next five years to 50 apprentices within the business. Um, to offer sort of apprenticeships, probably mirroring what Steve says, really, to sort of help us, um, you know, future-proof our organisation in relation to those trades, um, because we do find in certain areas it is difficult to recruit those uh, recruit those electricians and joiners. So if we can bring them in and, and you know grow our own talent right from the day one, then we see that as a fantastic investment for our future as well. So we offer a range of different um, apprenticeship opportunities, joinery, all those trades that you would expect in, in housing maintenance. Um, and then we also offer uh, quite a, a range of opportunities within um, more of an office role, so business administration, marketing, finance. But just going back to um, what we're saying there about the Kickstart, I see Kickstart is a little bit of a, an introduction to an apprenticeship. It's a fantastic way to sort of get somebody in um, that is really keen to learn those skills. You know, that six months placement would then be a fantastic way for them to progress to a more uh, longer term qualification and, and work experience through an apprenticeship. So I think the two do sort of go hand in hand with each other. And that's certainly what we're looking to do at Beyond Housing. That's a very good way of explaining it. The way I understood it is if you can, if you're on the dole, if you're on benefits, you can be eligible for a Kickstarter place and uh, you uh, you can take part. Also, by the way, Kickstarters are generally available for larger employers. At first it was 30 uh, yeah. Kickstarters and as a result in Teesside, our mayor pulled 500 together mm -hmm. and shared them out, as so to speak. Whereas apprenticeships can be done on much lower level but you have to make a longer term commitment to them and you have to pay them on set wages and you also have to uh, make sure they go through formal training. Is that right? Have I picked up the points right? Yeah, yeah. Any, every employer needs to have a training provider like Learning Curve or a local college um, that can offer that training to, to meet that apprenticeship. So an apprenticeship is it's, you've got the apprentice, the employer and then the training provider and it's a relationship between the three really to make the apprenticeship a success. Um, everybody has to commit to um, sort of the agreement of the apprenticeship and making sure the apprentice has off the job training hours so that they do get the training at least I mean, we look at it one day a week but I know all training providers have different ways of working it out I'm sure Steve feels the pain of that um, with the off, to the off the job training hours that needs to be collected as part of the apprenticeship um, but, but yeah it, it's, it's definitely a, a good scheme and it, it's worthwhile and, and we invest in it heavily at Beyond Housing. Steve let's talk let's have you explain the route to an apprenticeship for an employer now for the purpose of our conversation let's assume the employer is in charge of their own business not as quite as large as Beyond Housing maybe more like Martin or myself uh, and we don't have an apprentice how do you go about finding an apprentice what are the costs of the apprenticeship and uh, what are the commitments required yeah so it, you can be a, a small business or a large business doesn't matter in terms of apprenticeships if you 
you can actually upskill an existing member of staff uh, using an apprenticeship, or you can hire a new apprentice into the business. The, 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 I'm somebody who's worked in apprenticeships for 10 years, and the frustration I have still is that everybody's perception of an apprentice is a 16-year-old uh, young individual who probably didn't do that well at school and has gone down the apprenticeship sort of route. Um, uh, my uh, marketing director has just done his apprenticeship and got an MBA at the end of it. So to some extent, you've got to dispel the myth really about apprenticeships. The great news about any business that was looking at hiring an apprenticeship at the moment is the government have an incentive scheme in place, an additional incentive scheme, which will pay you £3,000 sort of minimum for taking on and hiring a new apprentice. So that's not if you're an existing member of staff, but if you're hiring a new person. So in a lot of ways, there's never been a better time for businesses to take on apprentices. And we're actually seeing quite uh, an uptick in terms of some of the numbers of people hiring at the moment because that incentive is in place. I'm not saying it's it's helping and facilitating rather than changing completely people's mindset. And what about if you're not sure how to go about it? I mean, supposing you were in a trade, a trade or profession where apprenticeships are not done by the local college. I don't know. It might be a, an unusual trade, an undertaker's yeah. or a PR firm for that matter, where yeah. apprenticeships are not the kind of thing that are off the shelf. How do you yeah. go about making it work then? So again, just just to sort of slightly challenge that, I mean, there are apprenticeships in boat building, there are apprenticeships in lots of different areas, green, uh, green keeping and things that you might not mm. necessarily associate with apprenticeships. There are also apprenticeships in IT infrastructure and, and whatever else. Um, generally, if, if you're an individual looking for an apprenticeship, um, I would steer people towards the National Apprenticeship Service website which, which fundamentally holds all those vacancies. Um, but if you actually went on other very common websites, Read, Indeed, um, then most, most of these sites now hold apprenticeship vacancies and look for a vacancy, first of all, because one of the key ingredients of an apprenticeship is you, you can't have an apprenticeship if you haven't got a job. So finding that job is very much part of it. So. Um, you need to, to look uh, on the National Apprenticeship Service site as a starter and try and find yourself a suitable vacancy on there that you want to apply for. And it's very much like applying for a job. Well, there's some great tips, and particularly the £3,000. Watch for that £3,000 because that can be very, very useful. Emma, uh, let's talk about the value side of The Apprentice. We saw some video of one of your apprenticeships, uh, apprentices rather on, on site learning her skills and applying her skills. Um, but it isn't just about skills, is it? Because, you know, in the old-fashioned sense of the word, the apprenticeship also was an introduction to working life, was an introduction to the culture of working, of getting up in the morning, having a routine. Yeah, I think um, that, is, that is so true. And I think, you know, as an employer, you know, you've got to have that investment and that time and resources to invest in that individual because, you know, they aren't, certainly aren't, they don't turn up as the complete package on day one. You know, you do have to invest a lot of um, support, I think, in them to make them a success and to, to help them thrive and, and grow within the workplace. So, I mean, for, for us, it, it hits our core values as a business to help our communities succeed and thrive through helping people find employment and skills. So we have sort of an investment um, through as a social landlord, you know, in order to achieve those 
those goals for our communities. Um, but for the individuals themselves, when you see them, you know, like I do on their first day when they join us compared to what, what they're like when they get a full time job, because we I think our retention rate is about 95 percent if we keep our apprentices. So we try our best to place them within the business. And that's why we like the generic business administration roles, because it does give them the opportunity to apply for lots of different roles across the organisations and full time roles, which many of them do before they finish the apprenticeship themselves. Um, and just you know, see them. It's, it's life changing for some for some people, and it raises their aspirations and their goals, you know. And it just gives them sort of that feeling of being part of a, a you know a bigger picture, and they can see the, the future and the career, and they can look to other people within the business as mentors, you know, and want and want want to achieve um, more. And you, and you see that in them. And I think that's more important than ever at the moment with the pandemic. We've seen um, the effects of mental health, even for our apprentices that we have you know within the business when a lot of them were unable to work or had to work from home it certainly did um everybody took a nosedive you know with the mental health and we've had to sort yeah. of try and support them back onto the road um to achieve a lot of them are behind now with their qualifications because of the college closures so it has it has brought a few problems along the way which we, we're fighting to get through at the moment but Okay. It's absolutely worth the investment, 100%. Let's move to the final word to Martin Anderson, who's come to the studio to talk to us. Now, uh, you've got a call centre environment. that You've got these Kickstarters coming in. Mm. Uh, you heard Emma talking about closures and so on, but you've got your office open again now, mm -hmm. uh, probably COVID secure, mm -hmm. as this business and this studio is. Um, are you finding that there's, from your own point of view, a sense of satisfaction that your business is able to give these young people a, a chance? You know, everything that Emma said there really resonated with me because I started as an apprentice back in the 90s. And I didn't follow the, 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 the university route. I took a decision back then to, to do that. And it was, without doubt, the best, the best thing I ever actually did. And everything that she said is absolutely true. And that's how it helped me to hopefully be the person I am today. But it's interesting to see that the Kickstarters come into our business and, and to squash some of the stereotypes, uh, as well as Steve mentioned, you know, the people coming in have got degrees and uh, are qualified and come in to get that, that work experience. And to give them that first step onto the ladder, to give them the practical experience, what it's like to work in an environment, come to work, interact with people, as well as the skills that they already bring to the table. You know, it, it does, it fills me with pride. I'm so glad these schemes are out there to allow us to do that. One last question, because I don't want anyone to think we're soft soaping this. <laughs> it is obviously a cheaper cost mm -hmm. to an employer to do Kickstarters or apprenticeships. In your case and in Emma's case, you are going to lead on to proper long-term permanent jobs that's the aspiration isn't it absolutely it's it's the opportunity to bring the people in at less risk coming out of COVID and coming out of the economic position we've been in and give them the opportunity and give us the opportunity to get them in get them onto the apprentice schemes and move on from there it's just a brilliant shot in the arm for the apprentice and for the business it's a fantastic opportunity emma steve and martin thank you for joining us on business unmuted